the important thing to realize about mobile is it's increasingly becoming just another way people use the internet. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain From an SEO perspective, how do you optimize your site for mobile? Is it necessary to have a separate marketing strategy for mobile? And how will developments in mobile technology impact digital marketing in general? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Bridget Randolph. Bridget, welcome to DMR. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining me at this um, horrendous late hour. (laughs) Well, Bridget is an online marketing consultant for digital agency Distilled. She's particularly interested in the way that developments in mobile technology and social media affect our online experiences and how these changes impact the nature of digital marketing in general. So Bridget, is it necessary to have a separate marketing strategy for mobile? I think that's a really good question. It's something a lot of people are asking themselves now because mobile's increasingly becoming a buzzword. I think it has been uh, over the past several years in in various circles within within this digital marketing industry. But more and more people are just becoming aware of mobile as a thing that we need to worry about. Um, Hmm. Sometimes it just feels like there are so many different things it can be hard to keep track. But um, uh, basically... My short answer would be yes and no, which is a terrible answer. <laughs> but um, I think the um, the important thing to realize about mobile is it's increasingly becoming just another way people use the internet. Um, and so for that reason, I don't like to separate the two things. I don't like to say, oh, you have your mobile strategy and you have your web strategy because increasingly mobile is the web and the web is mobile. So um, I think you need a strategy that includes an awareness of what's going on with mobile technology and how people are using mobile devices, uh, but which is nonetheless completely the same as your overall digital marketing strategy. And is that the same in terms of your brand and your your buyer personas, or um, is it the same in terms of um, exactly the same website experience but just perhaps um, a slightly smaller more responsive version of your site so I think the important thing to think about the way I the way I sort of think about mobile uh, and mobile technology when it comes to marketing is it's really almost like another browser but there's a lot more of it so um, just as you would you would need to optimize a site and make sure that it works in all the different common browsers um, you're going to have to do the same for mobile devices especially the most common of those which obviously are things like iOS which is iPhone iPad are huge um, Android devices becoming bigger than ever and obviously constantly new uh, players as well um, and so there is a little bit of <clears throat> tailoring I think you need to keep in mind so I wouldn't just say oh uh, this exact same experience, the exact same personas necessarily, but that's going to be very individual depending on your business. Um, so that's where you need to do your audience research. You need to know who your customers are, how they use technology, um, what sort of devices they might be using, whether you have a different segment 
of your audience that operate exclusively on mobile. Uh, I know a lot of times young people do a lot of their internet usage on mobile devices. So it depends on who your target market is, um, what their behaviors are, and even things like whether you're B2B versus B2C. Um, that will affect whether people are primarily accessing your website and your other online presences, such as social media profiles, on a mobile or on a desktop. Yeah, and I guess the, guess the key th- area to, to focus on initially is your analytics to, to find out uh, how many people are visiting your site, interacting on your site from certain devices, and then obviously looking at your conversion rates from those different devices to see if there are any major issues. W- would that be probably one of the first places that you would start? Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, and I think sometimes people are surprised by what they find when they uh, when they actually do take a look, because... It's, it's, it's surprising how much happens on a mobile device, and also it can be surprising how much is hard to do when you're using a mobile, especially smartphones with the small screens. So there's sort of two parts when you're looking at analytics. Um, the first thing I would look at is what percentage of visits you're already getting from mobile devices, whether that's smartphones or tablets. Um, <clears throat> if you use Google Analytics, you can break those out into those those categories uh, and there are custom filters b- built in um, to help you do that so it's not that hard to, to check um, and the first thing I always look at is anomalies so if for instance you see that all your smartphone traffic bounces um, or that it has a substantially higher bounce rate or a substantially lower conversion rate than your desktop traffic then it becomes something to look into um, I think the thing to be careful of is looking at it and saying, oh, only 3% of my traffic is from mobile. I don't need to worry about it. Uh, Because you also need to think about whether the mobile experience you provide is good. Um, It might be that you have a wider audience who would like to access your site on a mobile, but the experience is poor and it's not worthwhile for them. So they're just leaving or not even trying. Um, so sort of the, the two parts, I guess, to get back to that is first, see what percentage are already arriving, but secondly, be aware that that may not cover everyone who would like to use your site on a mobile if you don't already have a decent mobile experience. Okay, so you use that word experience quite a bit. Uh, mm. In terms of the experience um, you deliver on mobile devices, um, do you think it's appropriate to think of what people are doing while they're actually on the device? Because traditionally, I guess, um, people will be on the move um, if they're browsing your site on a smartphone. Um, they might be on the sofa if they're using a tablet, obviously, to, to look at your site. And perhaps... Um, Um, more likely to be at a desk if they're using a desktop computer. Um, So is that likely uh, to result in a different type of user behavior? Uh, Are users generally, for every business, more likely to transact on a desktop? And perhaps is it worthwhile to to just offer more information um, on a mobile type experience? Or do you not not think um, that it's actually going that way? So, I mean, that's a really interesting question because I think increasingly the lines are blurring (laughs) in terms of how people use mobile devices. Um, So I know Google recently, probably a year or so now ago, they put out research that showed 70% of people using mobile were at home um, and they were using it. Therefore, we can 
infer they're using it as a device of choice because presumably they do have a, a desktop computer at home. Obviously, we don't know that for everyone, but still, it's a pretty high um, high number. Uh, that said, you're absolutely right that a lot of people do use their smartphone when they're out and about, and this is where it's sort of an interesting one for mobile SEO because um, local search becomes that much more important. People often do use their smartphones to look up things like opening hours on a store or where the nearest coffee shop is or that sort of thing. So if you have a small business, if you have a local business, making sure that you have a good mobile-friendly experience, and that could be as simple as making sure it's it's on social profiles, it's in Google Places. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now but because they keep changing it. Yeah. But <laughs> Google, the Google Business um, profile that yeah. allows you to show up in Google Maps and in that Google local search result. Um, and... So yes, I mean, I think, again, it's hard, it's hard to make one recommendation because every business is different. Um, so for example, uh, I suspect Amazon <laughs> do quite well with mobile mm. sales um, because they're set up for that. So I remember the best uh, user experience I ever had in terms of a transactional website on a mobile was buying a Kindle book on Amazon. Right. Um, because I got an email on my phone that said, we think you'll like this book. And obviously I did because it's Amazon. They're great at that. And I, I clicked through and it was, you know, I was logged in on the website. So all I had to do is hit one button and check out with one click and it went straight to my Kindle. Mm. Now, obviously like most of us aren't Amazon. We can't quite achieve that. Um, but I think it is sort of worth thinking about how easy can you make that process not just on mobile, but then, you know, if you are making it easier on mobile, you have to ask yourself, well, can I make it easier on desktop as well? But I think a lot of times we get bogged down in wanting to collect lots of data or wanting to, you know, um, have, have lots of steps in the checkout process. And one of the beautiful things about mobile is it forces you to think about how to strip that back and make it really accessible. Uh, that said, obviously, it may not, it may be the case for for certain types of business, for certain types of product, that a mobile transaction isn't going to be the best option for someone. Um, and in that case, what you should focus on on your mobile site or the mobile version of your site is going to be micro-conversions. So that could be things like give us your email address and we'll save your basket or um, or we'll send you a quote. Or it could be something like getting a social follow rather than or a social share rather than actually checking out. So I think the important thing with the mobile experience is keep it really simple, keep it really easy, and where possible, don't make people do lots and lots of typing on a tiny screen because they will hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and also don't assume necessarily that um, your customers don't want to transact fully with you on a mobile site because, as you say, things are changing quickly and... Um, you may be able to pick up a lot more business as long as you make that experience um, a nice one like Amazon has managed to do. And there's some amazing results. I mean, so I have a colleague um, in sort of the SEO industry who runs an agency that specializes in small businesses um, and helping small businesses with, with their SEO specifically. Um, but he found that he started recommending to some of his small business clients that they 
turn their sites into responsive design. Mm. Um, and they had some tremendous results. I think he had one case study where it was this business that it made like, um, I want to say like tutus or something for little girls. Like just, it was quite a random product. Um, but they had a lot of traction on Facebook and they used to run these flash sales on Facebook. And what they found is after they changed over to the responsive design, the conversions from the, from the next flash sale that they had just went through the roof because suddenly people were coming from Facebook where 80% of Facebook daily users are using it on a mobile, um, you know, people coming through from Facebook and suddenly instead of getting an old school, really difficult, normal desktop design where they had to pinch and zoom and figure stuff out, they had an easy responsive experience and they were able to make the purchase on the mobile. Um, and that had a tremendous impact on their business. So, so yes, um, I've lost my train of thought, <laughs> but it's an interesting story. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I was going to ask you another question in relation to SEO and that, and that really covered that as well, because, um, three years ago or so companies were using mobile specific sites mm. um, and there was a challenge with SEO regarding that of course because you had different URLs then for each page but now you've got responsive design you've got the ability to through CSS um, deliver slightly different versions um, visually of a web page but keeping the same URL um, so is there any instances where having a mobile specific site is still appropriate or do you think responsive design wins in every scenario nowadays uh again <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> use the answer it depends um but so so to me there's sort of three different approaches you can take and if that's something that you know as a listener someone is struggling with um i encourage you to go to the distilled website because we have something called um best practice guide to building a mobile friendly website and that has a flow chart um, sort of thing that can help you figure out what you should be doing in terms of your approach. Um, as a rule, I'm not a fan of the separate mobile site uh, for the reason you've just said, which is it's basically, in effect, you've got now two websites that you have to keep up. Um, it's not the end of the world. It's you know There are ways to make sure that it is Google-friendly and search engine-friendly. Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, again, if that's something people are interested in, like, I have written a blog post on Moz about that. Um, so I'd probably just send people there because that's quite comprehensive. But the short version is that you're going to need to do all the same things you'd do for a desktop site. And then you're also going to need to add little tags that just map for the um, crawlers that say this is the mobile version of this desktop page across your site wherever there's a one-to-one -one correspondence. Um, the reason people often find that they have a separate mobile site, often, I would say, it's a legacy thing. Right. So it'll usually be big companies who've got some really old school set up with their desktop website, and it's not easy for them to redesign the whole thing to be responsive. So um, the easiest, most cost-effective approach is to do a separate mobile site. And in those cases, there's not anything wrong with it apart from just you need to be on top of it. Um, for most small businesses, uh, especially like sort of local businesses, responsive is 
very much likely to be the best approach because it's fairly inexpensive if you use a CMS like WordPress. Um, there are loads of responsive templates that you can buy quite cheaply to make sure that it works. So it's not it's not as difficult, I think, to maintain. Um, and you know that all the information is there regardless of the device. You're not going to accidentally leave out a few pages or, or, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit easier, I think, as the person running the website. Absolutely. Um, and and you, you mentioned a few uh, resources there as well. If, if you want to possibly just email me afterwards, I'll include links to them um, underneath um, the post where this is published. Sure. Yeah, that would be good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something that loads of people struggle with, understandably, because it is confusing. Um, and as the technology changes so quickly as well, mm. it's hard to keep up. So, um, well, I mean, but, what, what, yeah. one other thing that's massively impacted mobile and um, the use of mobile is um, initially Apple's App Store and um, other app stores as well. Um, do you think um, um, it's necessary or it will be necessary for the majority of businesses to have an app of some form in the future? Or do you think it's not really as necessary as having a mobile site? Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> um, there's, I mean, I, th I feel like there's sort of divided opinions about apps. Uh, we're very much still in the early stages of it, really. So it's it's hard to know where, you know, what that landscape will be in the next five to ten years. Mm. Um, it's definitely growing <laughs> at, an, at, at a crazy rate, but it's sort of, it's, I, I read some stat recently that was like, 10% of all the app store revenue comes through like seven iPhone apps. Wow. Like out of a million, literally a million. I'm not <laughs> using that number as an exaggerate. Like that actually is the number of apps that are in the app store. So again, I think it, at the moment, whether you should focus resource there is going to depend a lot on what your business is and how much resource you have and who your customers are whether they use apps. Um, so I think, you know, is it a transactional app? Does it have some other purpose? I think there's, I'm trying to remember, I'll see if I can remember the five, <laughs> the, five the five things uh, that you have to ask yourself. So it's, does it, does it entertain or does it provide convenience or does it do something that your website can't do? Um, and I don't remember, there's two more that are, but it's basically the point is, do you have a reason for building an app? Because right. a lot of times a company, um, you know, app, it's another one of these buzzy words mm. that sound really cool and people go, oh, we should have an app. But unless you know why you have an app, it's pointless. Um, and especially at a small scale, it can be quite difficult to build any traction within the app store. Um no, that's, that's that's great. No, I mean, I think you've offered a, lo a lot of great um, advice there on mobile. So um, it, that was a challenging last, last question. So th thanks for taking <laughs> a good stab at it. <laughs> but uh, tell you what, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts in general um, on digital marketing, where it's been, where it's heading. So starting off with? Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? So that's, I mean, that's a good question because here at Distilled, being an agency, we work with so many different sorts of clients. So we have just an arsenal of tools <laughs> that we use. Um, I'd say like as an SEO, 
one of the the big things that I rely on quite a lot with all my clients is being able to crawl the site um, and just see what's going on with without having to do that manually, obviously, which can be impossible if there's thousands and thousands of URLs. Um, and depending on how big that site is, there's a couple tools I'll use. So I, I am a big fan of Screaming Frog, right? which um, is a bit, it's, it's the more inexpensive option. It's mm. sort of, it's quite good for handling smaller websites. Um, when it gets to more enterprise level and you've got thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of URLs that you need to get through, um, there is a tool called Deep Crawl that a lot of us use here uh, that's a bit more heavy duty, <laughs> um, but also a bit pricier. So it's it's sort of worthwhile for a bigger company or an agency like us can you make really good use of it. Um, no, that, so, that, yeah. That's great. Those are two um, great um, piece of, um, pieces of software to, uh, to offer a, uh, as advice. But um, in terms of, um, well, here's a slightly more challenging question. In terms of software you don't use, um, what's a piece of software that um, you don't use at the moment, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? Oh, there's one that I'm really keen to look at, which is, uh, again, it's sort of enterprise level, but it is for apps, um, called Swerve, which is spelt S-W-R-V-E. And what what that is, is it's marketing automation, so stuff like notifications and stuff, Mm. based on analytics. It, It sort of does all these things. It does analytics in your app and then segmentation, and then based on that, it can also um, sort of set up experiments and A-B tests and basically optimize for your different segments. So it's quite, again, quite heavy duty, and I've been on the pricey side, so I have to come up with a good business case (laughs) (laughs) to get get a shot at um, playing with it, but it looks amazing for that. Well, I'm sure um, it'll be interesting to have a look at. So um, I'll I'll, uh, make sure there's links to all these um, software recommendations that you've made um, just within the post itself. So um, um, if you're a listener listening to this, looking for the post, and just search for Bridget in the search bar, and um, I'm sure you'll be able to find it and find these um, links that you're looking for. But let's move on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh, it's still one that I struggle with. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Prioritisation. Mm. so it's really it's really hard because i i get very excited about things um and and so it's easy it's it's really tempting for me and for a lot of my clients to see all these exciting new things coming out or you read a blog post or you go to a conference you get really excited about some new idea and you want to try everything and (laughs) the one thing that i just I need to get better at everyone needs to get better at is is being able to understand where all those things fit into your strategy um and, and how therefore you need to prioritize your time your resource your budget um and to do, get the most do, out of that and do the thing that you don't want to do but you know it's got to be done mm, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a good book about that called eat that frog by brian tracy i'm not sure if uh, you've yeah, heard of that yeah i've read that <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound very nice but it's uh it's useful um so um moving on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. So ready to go on this one? 
Yeah. Email or Twitter? Uh, email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Display. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. <laughs> Online press releases or one-on-one relations? Uh, one-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? <sighs> I have to say SEO. You don't have to say anything, but... I have to, I have to. <laughs> email contact form or telephone number? Uh, both. <laughs> Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email. And local marketing or global marketing? Depends on your business, though. I'm going to say local. <laughs> <laughs> You get a cheer because there's just one both there. <laughs> um, but there was also a laugh when you said Facebook rather than Google+. Plus. Why, why was that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I love Because I love Facebook, I use it all the time just as a, as a user. Uh, um, and there's so much you can do with it. And I just, I haven't delved as far into G+. I know there's lots of good stuff you can do with that too. But, but um, from a usability or user perspective... Um, that's the one you go for. It, it depends on the client as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it depends where your audience is. That's the biggest question. That's what a lot of people struggle with. It's just they, again, they want to do everything, but you'll get much better results if you understand who you're speaking to and where they spend time. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Okay, so I saw this one on the list, <laughs> um, and I wasn't sure because I, I feel like, as as a consultant for an agency, are we talking about to grow distilled or, or for one of my clients? Because it feels like it's very different depending on what your business goals are. Um, I c- kind of like to leave it open just to yeah. not trap people but but, <laughs> but um but 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 mean that it can go in any direction so so feel free, free to take either example hmm. i'm just sort of thinking if a client came to me and they said we've got ten thousand dollars and we can spend it but we have to spend it over the next few days huh is that that's the deal yeah okay so there's sort of two different ways I would look at probably and it would depend on what what their biggest priority was if it was something around brand awareness um, I would look into whether we could use it to do something more PR based so maybe a sponsorship a partnership um, with some big influencers something to really get their name out there Uh, maybe even some sponsored content on a publishing site which can be quite pricey. Um, if they were more focused on, actually, we need to grow revenue quickly, we need to get conversions, then oh, I'll just throw it into paid search. Yeah. Or, not- or, or some other sort of paid, um, like sponsored social or wherever the audience is. But if it's search, yeah, paid search. So, I mean, it's certainly the easiest one to measure in terms of um, uh, demonstrating value directly from that uh, specific piece of marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you were to do this um, sponsors that sponsored activity that you mentioned beforehand, um, and you had um, a bit more in terms of period of time to measure its value, um, what kind of metrics would you use to try and demonstrate its value to a client? 
brands <laughs> brand awareness is always terrible to, I know. <laughs> <laughs> to, to measure um so some i mean sort of as an example of something we've done recently we recently helped a client run a photo uh, competition on twitter um which i think you know that was a smaller budget so but it's a similar principle so we partnered with some bloggers um to help promote the competition and we did some sponsored advertising around the competition and the metrics we used to measure that because because brand awareness was one of the main goals of that um we looked at things like increased social following as not just numbers but compared to their normal rate of increasing following so for instance if if on average over the course of a month they get an extra 100 followers it would have to be significantly more than that to prove impact mm. um we looked at traffic driven from the blog posts about the competition um and also from twitter during the period the competition was running and i think we tried to make sure we had a remarketing tag on the page so that we could capture new visitors um who were coming to the site into a list from that campaign um which is sort of it is a measurement it's also hopefully starting us a list that we can then use to promote further um and obviously we have the metrics from the paid social promotion uh and also the landing page had the option of an email sign up so the way we ran the competition you could enter a, a once a week for four weeks so we had a call to action on the landing page that said if you want to be reminded each week to sign up or sorry to to s- submit another entry give us your email address and we'll email you every monday to remind you um and we collected a good amount of, i mean it was for for what we had hoped for i think we we were hoping for like 35 to 45 signups and i think we got around 40 so it's not a huge amount it was a small campaign but that was another one of the metrics we were looking at um i th- i think you've offered a, a lot of um great tips there uh, i mean there's a couple of thoughts um in in relation to that um um first of all um just because something can't be measured um mm. it doesn't mean it's not an effective marketing activity there there are some activities that are more challenging to measure but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing them and then secondly you mentioned things like email signups retargeting social there as well and it's really important to integrate all, all of your marketing activities if you can because then you will obviously obtain best value from each activity because you'll be um gaining from one to the other Yes, absolutely, especially if you don't have a huge budget. <laughs> That's my tip. Maximize uh maximize the spend. My number one takeaway. So well. um that was a great tip, yeah. <laughs> but um do you think you can offer one more because um you you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation obviously, but you can you possibly offer a number one takeaway, you know, the number one most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses. I think just understand your customer. So like we've because that's the common thread of everything we've talked about so far it's you know people how do people use their devices how are people using your website how are people interacting with you across all your channels um if if you understand where they are and who they are you'll know how to talk to them and that's the most important thing you can do 
is understand that. And that will help you prioritize as well, because you'll know that, oh, nobody that I'm interested in talking to hangs out over on Twitter. They're all on Facebook or wherever, <laughs> um, you know, whatever it is. So all of the things we've talked about, really, I think, come back to get an understanding of who you're trying to talk to and where they are, and then focus your energy on that. That's wonderful. Well, um, I, I could talk for a lot longer, but it um, <laughs> wouldn't be fair. <laughs> it would be fair for our listeners, but no, you've offered a lot of great value. So it's just, thank you so much. You know, well, that takes us to the end of our discussion. So thanks a lot for your time, your focus and your advice. You know, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, well, actually, I know I've talked about Facebook, but I am on Twitter. Um, and I like to share a lot of the cool stuff I read about digital marketing on there so if you follow me at Bridget Randolph um, it's just all run together uh, that's that's a good way or you can even send me an email at Bridget.Randolph at distilled.net if you have a question I can't promise <laughs> I will I will read it I'll try and reply um, so <laughs> yes get in touch let me know if I can help with anything I've really enjoyed our chat and thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Did you